The Amy Coney Barrett Supreme Court confirmation hearings have begun. Will they get as nasty as Kavanaugh's hearing? And then Biden says voters don't deserve to hear if he'll pack the court. And Portland rioters, they take down Lincoln statues in protest of Columbus Day? Yeah, we've got that and much more coming up, and it starts right now. Happy Monday. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy. I'm filling in for Sarah Gonzalez, who is still enjoying her maternity leave. But with me today, host of the Glenn Beck program, Mr. Glenn Beck himself. Thanks for Hi, being here. And Eric July, our Blaze TV contributor and host of For Canon's Sake. Thanks okay. for being here. Thank you. You'll dress up for us, dude. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, man, you know, <laughs> you know, don't even iron that. Yeah, not even, not at all. Casual, <laughs> casual as all get out. Well, you've probably been busy today, right? Because like Monday isn't even over and there's been a ton going on since the start of the morning with the Senate hearing. So they started this morning to confirm Barrett, 48. She's going to take her place on the high court, replacing the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So these are supposed to last through Thursday and expected to continue to be very contentious. The nomination, if you haven't been following it, it's really a political lightning rod because Democrats are opposed to appointing a conservative Supreme Court justice so close to the election and Republicans they're all for it. So, you know, it is, it's, the, it's the craziest, dumbest argument I've ever heard. They were actually saying today, by the way, the hearing didn't start. They're hearing each other talk. Right. That's it. She, she was allowed to speak after it started at 8 a.m. Central, okay, 9 Eastern. I saw them break it 11 or 11.30, and she hadn't said a word. She was just sitting there listening to these bags of gas go on and on and on. And what I keep hearing from the Democrats is um, this is unprecedented, never happened before. Yeah, it has 27 times. It's happened 27 times in the past, right up to the election. Uh, they're, they're making a case and expecting Americans, or at least half of America, to be dumb as a box of rocks. Well, and I will say one of the people who really stood out was Ben Sass. He really kicked good. things off with a basic civics lesson for everybody, and we've got a clip of that. I'd like to um, distinguish first between civics and politics, mm -hmm. because there was a time, the chairman said at the beginning of this hearing, uh, there was a time when people that would be as different as Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and she was a heroic woman, that's absolutely true, and Antonin Scalia, another brilliant mind and, and your mentor, people that different could both go through the Senate and get confirmation votes of 95 or 98 votes. And the chairman said at the beginning of the hearing, he doesn't know what happened between then and now, I think some of what happened between then and now um, is we decided to forget what civics are and allow politics to swallow everything. So if I can start, I'd like to just remind us of the distinction between civics and politics. Um, civics is the stuff we're all supposed to agree on regardless of our policy views differences. Um, civics is another way we talk about the rules of the road. Civics 101 is the stuff like Congress writes laws, the executive branch enforces laws, courts apply them. None of that stuff should be different if you're a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian or a Green Party member. This is basic civics. Civics is the stuff that all Americans should agree on, like religious liberty is essential. People should be able to fire the folks who write the laws and we can't, the voters can't fire the judges. Judges should be impartial. This is just civics 101. 
Politics is different. Politics is the stuff that happens underneath civics. Civics is the overarching stuff we as Americans agree in in common. Politics is the subordinate, less important stuff that we differ about. He said so many good, important things in this moment. Um, and there was more to it than that. But do you think that any of the Democrats actually listened and it got through to anybody with that speech? I do. I think there's a lot of Americans. I don't think any of them are watching, but I think there's a lot of Americans that feel like Ben Sass. Uh, whereas like, look, what is, what's happened to us? Um, and he explained it very, very well. The problem is um, nobody wants to change that. Nobody wants to, you know, the, the, the people in power want it to be all about politics. That's why they're talking about packing the Supreme Court, which is insanity. And, and, and honestly, I couldn't have said this five, six years ago, but I say this today and I really don't know the answer. What is it we have in common? What is it that we all agree on? Civics is the thing we all agree on. We should all agree that speech should be free. We all agree there are certain unalienable rights that we all found at one time self-evident. I don't think we find them self-evident anymore. I think half of the country, maybe a third of the country, still really knows what those things are and believes in those. Everybody else is playing politics. Of course. I mean, because, it, again, ultimately, for a lot of people nowadays, it's more so about powering, power and being able to exercise said power. Um, it has nothing to do with what's already on the books, what morals, ethics. Um, all of that is irrelevant. Because, yes, baseline, and this is what the libertarian has been saying forever, you think that we would agree on this being important. But when something just as fundamental as like private property rights is being up for dispute. It mm -hmm. lets you know that we're on complete. We're, we're, I mean, we may have been, but certainly now we're on completely opposite ends of this. And this is why a lot of Democrats right now, they don't, of course, whether it be constitutional or not, they know that it's constitutional. They, they don't, they're not concerned with that right now. They want that power. And this gets in the way of that because RBG passing in this particular time and of course constitutionally they can put a new person in that position there's nothing wrong with it so they make things up again because it's about the power and they find that them not having it as a particular threat and that's the unfortunate thing and that's why we'll never have that discussion i make this case at this table all the time about okay if the wrong person gets a hold of said power because for the most part we disagree on what should be fundamental maybe we that should be more so the conversation that we're having but it's not because you have unfortunately folks that have been positioning themselves as if they are anti let's say authoritarian but in nature that's exactly what they are well, can, I make, can i make an example of this Play the audio of something that uh, Keith Olbermann said this weekend. Don't dismiss this because this is the view of a lot of people on the left. And all Americans should be concerned about this, but I don't see this anywhere. Watch. Trump can be and must be expunged. The hate he has triggered, the Pandora's box he has opened, they will not be so easily destroyed. So, let us brace ourselves. Now listen. The task is twofold. 
The terrorist Trump must be defeated, must be destroyed, must be devoured at the ballot box. And then he and his enablers and his supporters and his collaborators and the Mike Lees and the William Barrs and the Sean Hannity's and the Mike Pence's and the Rudy Giuliani's and the Kyle Rittenhouse's and the Amy Coney Barrett's must be prosecuted and convicted and removed from our society while we try to rebuild it and to rebuild the world Trump has nearly destroyed by turning it over to a virus. Remember it, even as we dream of a return to reality and safety and the country for which our forefathers died. Wow. But the fight is not just to win an election, but to win it by enough to chase, at least for a moment, Trump and the maggots off the stage and then try to clean up what they left. So Remember it, even though to remember it, means remembering that the fight does not end November 3rd, but in many ways will only begin that day. So this is right in line with the coming revolution that I've been talking about. Mm -hmm. um, this kind of thinking is strong on the left. And when someone tells you that they're going to take Amy Coney Barrett and try her and then get rid of her because of her crimes, I would ask, what crimes are those? And at the same time, he is quoting or, 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 or using our founders. I don't recognize the America he's talking about. I don't recognize it if you go after communists in the 1950s. That's what conservatives said about communists. Get them. No, we don't do that in America. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that America. But you better prepare mentally because if things go unstable, if we go into unstable post-election time, I will guarantee you our stock market, our dollar will, if not collapse, be greatly weakened. Because the one thing America has always been is stable. Mm -hmm. We've had stable elections. We've not had violence. We're not a banana republic. The minute that becomes the reality our dollar loses the, the res world reserve status. And when that happens, it, it, you're, you're going to answer to gangs. You're going to answer to gangs. And that will be the prevalent feeling if the left is in. Yeah, I mean, like when I say they want you dead, I, I don't just misspeak when I say that because that's genuinely what they want. It's just they're saying the quiet parts out loud nowadays mm -hmm. um, because they're getting more and more desperate. They feel as if this could be the potential turning point for their supposed re revolution, which unfortunately is supported by all these uh, economic, educational elites and political elites. But. I'm glad they're saying the loud parts, the quiet parts out loud, so mm -hmm. people can realize what it is that we are dealing with. And this is why power is absolutely so dangerous. And I wish Republicans, conservatives particularly, did a better job of, of highlighting how these guys are in that regards. They have gotten away with claiming that the opposite side are fascist and, and all of these other things while advocating what has been almost synonymous to Mussolini's uh, Italian fascism. Uh, when you talk about hijacking factories and, and, and stuff like that for the sake of a virus um, or producing whatever they want to produce, ventilators and, and, and whatnot, they just do a great job of sort of yelling squirrel by posing as these 
humanitarians, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they masked that authoritarianism with said humanitarianism. So they get to point to you guys. They point to us. They say, Blaze, we're, we're the bad guys. We are the fascists as they advocate for not just more power, but to use said power to crush their enemies. And I think they actually believe that because they're so overeducated in all of the wrong things. They have been taught all of this stuff has come from Germany in the 1950s. That took over our educational system. And when that took over our educational system, they were taught the European style left and right. Um, America is the only country in the world that has anarchy and very, very limited government on one side mm -hmm. and then total government on the other. It doesn't matter if you're a Nazi or a communist or you're, you're a religious authoritarian. Those, that's the left and right. And so they really, truly don't believe that people who believe in the Constitution, the Tea Party, et cetera, et cetera, they think we're closeted Nazis. That's why they can call the National Socialists, who Richard Spencer himself says, I want the Constitution abolished. That's why they can call them people on the right. They're not. It's a historical. Make, make no mistake. It is a historical, but that's what this education system has gotten us, where they think they are on opposite sides. And yes, you're right. It's the European. For whatever reason, they look at communism on one side, fascism on, on one side, which is why I've said it's a historical is when you consider the history of actual fascism and you look at the Giovanni Gentiles of the world, you look at the Mussolini's of the world who were actual Marxists. There is a reason why we would put them in the more accurate political spectrum is just as Glenn said, where you have the guys like myself would be on the way out of the anarcho-capitalist side mm -hmm. and they would be on the side of total government like you said, be mm -hmm. it fascism or com all that is, is German model socialism versus Russian model socialism mm -hmm. it is international socialism yep. compared to national yep. socialism Hitler even said the reason why the flag is red is to appeal to the communists and tell them we're on the same team. We're socialists just like you. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm hoping that these hearings and things like what Mr. Olbermann said will help everybody start to wake up and respond. We'll see. All right, so we've got more to come, but first we want to thank our sponsor, Omega XL. So whether it's your back or your knees or your neck or even shoulder pain that's so annoying, the underlying cause, it is likely inflammation, and you have to defeat inflammation or it can cause permanent damage. Backed by 35 years of clinical research, Omega XL attacks the inflammation that's causing your pain, which is brilliant. Because pain relievers and topical rubs, they just mask the problem. But Omega XL, it neutralizes the inflammation that causes those painful stiff joints and muscles. And a doctor even said, with my prescription pad, I can't write anything that comes close to doing what Omega XL does. So if you're suffering with aches and pains and stiffness, you need to try Omega XL. So let's get you started. Order Omega XL now and get a second bottle free. Visit OmegaXL.com slash news. That's OmegaXL.com slash news. Or you can call 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. We'll be back in just a minute. We're back and we're talking about the Senate confirmation hearings for Judge Amy Coney Barrett and Kamala Harris weighed in this morning on her thoughts about what's going on. Let's take a listen. 
Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg devoted her life to fight for equal justice. And she defended the Constitution. Mm. She advocated for human rights and equality. She stood up for the rights of women. She protected workers. She fought for the rights of consumers against big corporations. She supported LGBTQ rights. And she did so much more. But now, her legacy and the rights she fought so hard to protect are in jeopardy by replacing Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg with someone who will undo her legacy. President Trump is attempting to roll back Americans' rights for decades to come. All right, so your thoughts on Harris's comments. Well, first of all, she's a lousy reader on teleprompter. <laughs> um, second of all, um, I don't want someone fighting for this issue or that issue. Exactly. The Supreme Court justice fights for one issue, the Constitution of the United States of America. They want to turn that and, and codify it into a, another legislative branch. Don't worry, we lost it over here. They've already done it to the administrative branch. Congress... They'll make a law and then they'll say, yeah, well, you go and make some more laws on the, with the administrative branch. So that's why you have the EPA with ultimate power, because the people can't vote those people out. They didn't make the law. They have their hands clean now. So they, they get their way in Congress. Then they get their way if they have the White House and they want their way now in the third branch. If they can't get it through Congress, they'll get it through the administrative arm. If they can't get it through the administrative arm, they'll get it through the last legislative branch, which they believe is the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court was so um, minimal to our founders because it was just can't do that can do that, can't do that, can do that. They didn't even get a chamber, okay? The Supreme Court met in the basement of the Capitol until 19, like the 1930s, okay? They didn't have a building or a courtroom or anything. They had a room in the basement next to the furnace, okay? <laughs> they were never meant to wield power. They were meant to restrain power. Hundred percent. I mean, and it just uh, who, who to blame uh, is what came first, the chicken or the egg. But nonetheless, FDR. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> but nonetheless, it is what it is now. And they have taken this Supreme Court to just be another, let's say, wing uh, that they can utilize to put forth whatever whimsical ideals that they particularly want, which is why generally none of them had highlighted what the actual Supreme Court justice's job was supposed to be. It was more so looking at the fact that, well, she's replacing this person who supposedly, and if she did, which isn't a good thing, unless it was just in line with the supposed constitution that they're supposed to be upholding. All that other stuff doesn't even matter. What her political views should be completely irrelevant to it. It should be completely objective. That's the that's the idea. It's not fighting for this side's rights or that side's rights, uh, which is a loose term that they use anyway. It's for okay, all men's rights. Bingo. It's just is is this wrong for? And it should be more so straight and narrow. It's just when you consider what it is now. No, it's political, which is why, and I can totally understand. 
each side of this looks at it like, well, we have to try to get someone on our side that's in that particular position, even though ideally that stuff wouldn't even matter. Think about the way we've constructed this and how we bastardized this Constitution. Right now, Congress can change your life. Man, man, what do you do? You can't really get them out of the Senate because the Senate has changed. The Senate used to be picked by the states, the state legislature. So the state would say, we don't want any of that crap coming here. You two, you are bulldogs for Texas. You go there. Woodrow Wilson changed that. And so now we elect them. So now everybody's electing those senators. So now somebody in Texas is funding somebody's campaign in Virginia. Mm-hmm. That's not what it was meant to be. So now Congress is all about the national government. Then you have the president with these unbelievable powers through the administration of all of these laws that they don't pass. They just enact. So you don't have any check or balance at all. This is big state. This is big state. And the 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 uh, the justice, nine people, nine can change your life. The president should never be able to make anyone afraid. If it's the president of the United States and you think he's a joke, he could be standing right here and you'd go buzz off, pal. That's the way it should be. The same thing with a congressman or a senator. Get the hell out of my office. You need me. I don't need you. And the Supreme Court should be the one with the people. Never, never should the Supreme Court be in a position to where they're forcing people to do something unless it's what the Constitution says. What I don't understand is how everybody now thinks they want their guy in. When you're looking for a strict constitutionalist, I can guarantee I will lose court cases with a strict constitutionalist. I will want certain things to happen because I want to get them. Mm -hmm. There will be that part of me that wants this to go through. But a strict constitutionalist will, will piss you off sometimes and make you happy sometimes because the Constitution doesn't always side with you. Right. You have to side with the Constitution. Well, Glenn, you brought up a good point earlier that everyone talked and talked and talked and talked, except for Amy Coney Barrett, who finally got to speak yeah. at the end. I th- we have a, a short clip of something she had to say, finally. I come before this committee with humility about the responsibility that I have been asked to undertake and with appreciation for those who have come before me. I was nine years old when Sandra Day O'Connor became the first woman to sit in this seat. She was a model of grace and dignity throughout her distinguished tenure on the court. When I was 21 years old and just beginning my career, Ruth Bader Ginsburg sat in this seat. She told the committee, what has become of me could only happen in America. Mm. I have been nominated to fill Justice Ginsburg's seat, but no one will ever take her place. I will be forever grateful for the path she marked and the life she led. If confirmed, it would be the honor of a lifetime to serve alongside the Chief Justice and seven Associate Justices. I admire them all and would consider each a valued colleague. 
it was nice to finally get a chance to hear from her after listening to she, everyone else. Online. I watched that today and I thought, how do you not like this person? She's a mom. She's an adoptive mom. Really, really, really competent. Even people who disagree with her entirely say she's pleasant. She doesn't. She's she's not somebody who has an axe to grind. She's not a a politician. I mean, I watched that and I I liked her. She I was liked very likable. And the American Bar Association gave her its highest rating, which I mean, that came out on Sunday, I believe. So. That's why they're not going after her. I don't think they're yeah, going to no, go they, after because her. Because they, they, they don't have much to go off of, uh, uh, just these sort of generic, vague types of terms. And then they get to attacking what you saw, Klobuchar and the rest, stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with her position, talking about COVID and what the Repub- how the Republicans mm-hmm. had. It has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on mm-hmm. right now because it is strictly political at this point. They look at it as a threat. It is not our guy. We didn't elect her. Therefore, we feel as if she's not going to use her position of power to do what it is that we want her to do. Therefore, that is a problem. And there's not much that they they can go off of to attack her. So they attack everybody else that's around her and attack everything else that has nothing to do with her because that's the Hail Mary that they're throwing right now. And it's unfortunate because nobody's actually criticizing what is, you know, is it from from her rulings or anything like that? Is there something that you can pin her down on? And if you don't have any Anything to pin her down on. What are you what here are you talking about? Right. What are you talking about? They're not talking about anything else. They're not talking about that. They're talking about everything. Everything. Else. Else everything. Will be, it will be really interesting to see because I think they're going to make this about packing the court. They're they're saying that Donald Trump packed the court, um, that he's doing something unconstitutional. Um, but I don't think they're going to go after her. They'd be it'd be suicide squad if they went after her i think uh, if they did what they did to kavanaugh i think they would be re- hurt badly in the election um so they're not going to go after her um they are just trying to make a case to later pack the court in case they do win so that's something i want to talk about we have to go to break but that's something i want to talk about next what biden is saying and not saying about packing the court oh, he's saying it. so we'll be right back <laughs> Joe Biden, he claims the only court packing going on is by the Republicans. And we've got a clip. Let's take a listen. The only court packing going on right now is going on with Republicans packing the court now. It's not constitutional what they're doing. We should be focused on what's happening right now. And the fact is that the only packing going on is this court is being packed now by the Republicans after the vote has already begun. I'm going to stay focused on it so we don't take our eyes off the ball here. Okay, now, before I get your takes on this, there's one more clip of him saying voters don't deserve to know his stance on court packing. Let's listen to this. Sir, I've got to ask you about packing the courts, and I know that you said yesterday you aren't going to answer the question until after the election, but this is the number one thing that I've been asked about from viewers uh, in the past couple of days. Well, you've been asked by the viewers who are probably Republicans who don't want me continuing to talk about what they're doing to the court right now. (laughs) Well, sir, don't the voters deserve to know? No, they don't. I'm not going to play his game. He'd love me to talk about... And I've, I've already said something on, on Pat, the court pack. He loved that to be the discussion instead of what he's doing now. 
He's about to he's about to make a pick in the middle of an election, first time it's ever been done. Other than the twenty-seven times. Other than the twenty-seven other times. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's insanity. It's insanity. I, I I look at the news every day and I see what they're pushing out, and I think, do they really have that little respect for their own voters? Do they really think that Absolutely. they believe that? That and and do they? I I mean I don't think Democrats are stupid. Well, uh, he thinks you are. Oh I mean, my gosh! <laughs> yeah, they they really do. They they are asking you deny what you see, deny what you see. Yeah, and I, I would love to know what specifically that he's pointing to, or anybody for that matter, as far as what's unconstitutional about. Well, did you see Jake Tapper? We have that. Clip. Well, I know he said it wasn't. Yeah, yeah I know he yeah, said yeah. that it wasn't. We have that. Clip. I would love to love to see it, but because he did say that it wasn't uh, wasn't unconstitutional. Yeah, this is where uh, Biden campaign official Kate Bedingfield argued with Jake Tepper about why it's unconstitutional. Listen to this. How is it not constitutional what they're doing? His point is that the people have an opportunity to weigh in on this constitutional process through their vote. And we are now in the midst of the election. Millions of people have already cast their votes. And you see that the vast majority of people say that they want the person who wins the election on November 3rd to nominate the justice. That's to a take poll. That's seat. not the Constitution. So by voters are being denied their constitutional right to have a say in this process. They when elected the Republicans the Senate. are trying to ram through, are trying to ram through a, a nominee who, by the way, is going to change the makeup of the court. And we see time and time again, poll after poll shows that most Americans vehemently disagree with this. They again, believe again, Kate, that's that a the poll. vote should happen on November 3rd. <laughs> that's not what the word constitutional means. Cons constitutional doesn't mean I like it, it or I don't like it. It means it's according to the U.S. Constitution. There's nothing unconstitutional about what the U.S. Senate is doing. I can't believe. I was going to say, surprised that Jake Tapper even yeah. did that. Him yeah. to push back like yeah. that from not CNN. At all. Yeah. But that's the reality, and I think that goes to show that what you were saying, like the Democratic voters, the supporters, they aren't stupid. They may think that you are stupid, but they themselves aren't stupid. There's nothing unconstitutional about what's going on. I mean, I, I thought Donald Trump said it really well the last debate when he's like, "I wasn't elected for three years. Exactly. I was elected for four. Yeah. I mean." I don't yeah. I, I don't understand what there is to to discuss, but it's that they, they do this, do a very good job of this where they use different rhetoric and they turn it on the guys that are claiming that they want to do something just so they can avoid answering. America, you have to pay attention to what's going on right now. Joe Biden, what you think would be an important position for your voters, they would like to know, do you plan on packing the court? No matter if they want you to or not, you think they should have some sort of they should know. He's saying that, no, I will not tell you what my position mm -hmm. is on this. To me, if you are a supporter of his, you think I think that that's pretty humiliating. Well, I mean, that he withhold that information. You, you it's not controversial to say, of course, I'm not going to pack the court. Of course, I'm not. Um, that's not controversial. He keeps saying it'll be the story if I say what it is. Mm -hmm. Well, the story that you're packing the court should be the story that everybody's talking about. The story of you not packing the court isn't really a story. He's not going to pack the court. And anybody who disagrees with that, oh, you don't understand the Constitution. Maybe you're confused with another country. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's really not... 
I just not want confusing. someone to, to corner him and corner Kamala and say yes or no, a simple yes or no. They've done it. And don't and, and they've, they've tried. They, they they tap dance around it every, every single time. chance that they get because they just refuse to answer it, which to me is an answer. Because like oh, you yeah. said, it's not controversial to say, no, we're not going to do that. It's only controversial if, if they says say yes. Well, so this is also an interesting thing. Uh, Biden is reportedly considering controversial New York Governor Andrew Cuomo <laughs> for Attorney General. Oh, he'd so, be good. Uh, Axios reported on Sunday that he has been considering the governor. The governor said, oh, I have no interest in being Attorney General, but here's a clip. Before we go, there's an Axios report this morning that says the Biden campaign is looking very carefully at you as a potential candidate to become attorney general if Joe Biden wins this election. Your advisor was adamant in his denial. But if your old friend Joe Biden came to you, if you were elected and said, Governor, I'd like you to be my attorney general, you would say what? I would say uh you are an old friend. You are a good friend. You're going to win this election. You're going to be the president. I'll help you any way I can. Uh, I'm a New Yorker. I said I would serve as governor. And those rumors, Willie, those are only from people who want to get me out of New York. I don't know why, but that's where that's coming from. So you would say no, you would not accept the attorney general job? I have no interest in going into Washington. All right. Do you think that's a sincere answer? Um, here's what here's here's what th- th- if he's the attorney general, here's what you do. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> because there won't be a single gun. There won't be a single church. Bye bye. I mean, he is the most hostile to some of our. But the first and second amendment, you have him as the attorney general protecting the first and second amendment. I don't think so. And I think he will. The man's crazy. Um, I don't know how anybody can look at that guy out of this, even out of the COVID situation and how that was just completely botched for him to lead in any regards. I don't see how people could want that, but it just goes to show how crazy I guess a lot of folks are, because even the Fauci's of the world are saying that he did such a such yeah, a great look, job. I mean, he's the problem here is it's the horrible job that he did. The fact that he he really, really badly botched things. But beyond that, he's the guy. He's the architect behind getting the big banks to stop offering money and loans and supportive services to gun manufacturers, gun stores, yeah. mm-hmm. gun sellers. I mean, this guy is the perfect pit. Uh, pick for an authoritarian Democratic Party. Yeah. Well, we've got to go to break, but just I want to finish on this note. Um, the one of the governor, uh, I'm losing my place here, the National Governors Association is looking into contingencies for replacing him. They're so confident that this might actually. Oh, I think it would. Happen. If he wins, that's your that's your AG. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about some violence that occurred in Denver this weekend. This story's got a lot of sketchy details. We'll be right back. There was a man who was shot and killed amidst two rival groups protesting in Denver on Saturday. 
Uh, the shooter, he was a private security guard working for a local TV station. They had hired him to accompany their reporters while covering the protests in Denver. Matthew Robert Doloff, he's 30 years old. He's the security guard. Now, the Denver police released a statement about him saying further investigation has determined the suspect is a private security guard with no affiliation with Antifa. Additional information will be released as it becomes available. Mm -hmm. As it turns out, there's no record of him having a license to work as a private security guard in the city. Um, they say if he was operating as such, he's in violation of the law. Lee Keltner, he was a 49-year-old U.S. Navy veteran, and he was the one that was shot. And his son says he wasn't part of any group. Uh, he was there to rally for the police department. They got into a verbal altercation. Uh, some, he had, Keltner had mace in his hand. You can see it in some photos. And then all of a sudden, a few minutes later, he was shot in the face by um, Mr. Doloff. So do you think there's more to this story than what we're being told about this gentleman who... Yeah, here's one. Um, I received a death threat from him. Really? Yeah. Um, he said, uh, paraphrasing now, uh, Glenn Beck, you think you're so brave. Uh, you want people to go out and die. This was when I said, I think there's a lot of people my age that if the youth is at risk, um, but it's the difference between the country lives or dies. We'd consider this our service and we will go and keep the engines rolling. So those people who, you know, have to stay home can stay home. He said, you think you're so brave um, and you're so willing to die. Why don't you get this wrong? I want to get it right. Why don't you uh, go on tour and do a meet and greet? Now, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, my team took that as a threat. So we're well aware. I was well aware of who this guy was um, when, it, when it happened. He's also a Bernie Sanders supporter. How many Bernie Sanders supporters have to shoot people before we start saying, hmm, maybe there's something going on there? Um, uh, and he has also been at the uh, Colorado BLM movements. This guy is may not be a, an official Antifa, uh, you know, card member. But remember, that's just an idea. They don't pass out the cards. Yeah. As more information has come out about this guy, it does seem to point to the fact that he does lean to the, to the left in, mm -hmm. in, in some regards. But the interesting thing for me has been seeing the media in the differentiation of coverage when it comes to what happened here and with Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, Kyle was in a different situation as, of course, he was being chased, and his obviously seems way more justified, but it did not stop them from painting him as a white supremacist, painting, saying that he was mur murdering people, he went to go murder uh, uh, someone. And then, now we have a different situation where he does appear to be the aggressor. I'm not getting into the whether he was a, a I don't know, security guard or what, what not. Let's just talk about what happened. And for them to, let's say, not cover it in the same vein of, well, Bernie Sanders supporter goes and airs out Patriot or whatever that, that you want to say. I would hope that America sees that and looks at the media. And look, obviously, there's a slant and it seems like they are at, at minimum your enemy because they have no desire to cover this in the same way 
way. And your politicians don't look at it in the same way, though it's a scenario where it seems like in this case, that guy was more of an aggressor than what Kyle Rittenhouse was. So seeing the shoe now on the other foot, and like you said, how many more Bernie Sanders supporters or guys that generally support these guys on the left have to stab, shoot, and kill someone for us to be like, well, there's a problem there. But the minute someone gets shot at, at a rally, which doesn't even happen that much, uh, that often from like the Trump supporters, then it's like this white supremacist problem that yeah. Trump's going to, he's egging these people on, he's I, making them amped up. I'd really also like to know, where's the footage? I mean, he was protecting a Channel 9 camera. Did the cameraman set the camera down where's where's the footage right i mean how come with kyle rittenhouse we had footage from 10 different angles yeah i mean <laughs> it was like watching the super bowl i'm surprised they didn't have that camera that like flew the drone over shot. <laughs> right. yeah. um this one we have a cameraman a professional cameraman and no footage interesting hmm. isn't it yeah it's almost like they don't want you to see this footage well, and we don't have a lot of time to talk about it, but Portland, man, they cannot catch a break. Rioters assembled for Indigenous People's Day of Rage, where they took down Abe Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt statues. Why do you think they went after these statues? They don't. They, look, they they don't know what they want to argue about. Like, which pick a side? Because they talk about the oh, well, why would you cheer on losers in the Confederacy and all of this stuff? And now they're tearing down him. And if you don't like both of them, all right, I'm fine with that. But that doesn't seem to be any sort of consistency right here. And they're just tearing things down just for the sake of tearing just things down. That's why you don't let it manifest. I, I have to tell you, I uh, I did a, a break today, and it's all on Glenbeck.com. Uh, Joseph Robinette Biden, his family owned slaves and they bought and sold slaves and they passed them on. They didn't release them at death. They released them during the Civil War. Um, and they were northerners, northerners owning slaves, lots of them. Why isn't that getting any traction today? And why is it that they've always released the, uh, the, the record of his wife? I don't care about this. I don't think it means anything about his, him personally. Mm -hmm. You don't pay for those sins. But again, why does the media not care? Do you think they would not cover it if, if Donald Trump, oh, his family, had owned oh, slaves? God. We, we, we wouldn't hear the end of that. No, we would yeah. never hear the end of it. Never hear the end of it. Never hear the end of it. By the way, you should uh, grab that information and, uh, and tweet it. Send it out to your friends. That's right. We need to get that. mobilize that. All right. Well, we've got to go to break. We'll be back in just a minute with our question of the day. <laughs> that is so interesting. Of, uh, like great, great whatever. Yeah. It is. Their grandfather. Yeah. So our question from Friday was, do you have faith that Attorney General Bill Barr will prosecute the people involved in the Russiagate hoax? 75.6% of you said, nope. Nope. Don't have any faith in that. I don't think that's much of a surprise. Uh, today's question, though, will you be watching the Supreme Court confirmation hearing for Amy Coney Barrett this week? How many people do you think are actually that interested in it? I mean, it's it's been such major news that I feel like a lot more people are probably attuned to it than than I would normally think. No, I don't. Think you don't, you don't think so? Attention. I remember I was I was young when when Bork. And I was driving across the country. I was in early 20s, and I was driving across the country, and it was on every radio station. And I listened to all of it. 
Now? No. Definitely considering what happened at the last one with the whole Kavanaugh crap show. If they start kicking stuff up. Well, that's what, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because people were really into it last time, but this time. Yeah, but I think the way that it ended, I mean, I would look at that and like, I don't know if I want to participate in that, but I'm always here for the memes that'll come out of it. So <laughs> right. if we can get some good one of those, I'm, I'm all for it. Don't keep I'm up all with for it. it. Well, you know, they can always catch the highlights, the clips, the commentary yeah, here. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't want to watch it on TV and you don't want to sit through hours of it, you know, you can always get it here. Sure. It's less sure. painful. Yeah, it's much <laughs> less painful. That's right. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you same time, same place tomorrow. Imagine like not being tried for a crime and then just having to sit there and listen listen to people lecture you about (laughs) randomness. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.